0: Um, in today's uh, Parsha, Chumash, today, uh, we read very interesting about the story with Yehuda and uh, Tamar, how Yehuda was demoted because of the fact that he suggested to sell Joseph instead of killing him. That was the reason to demote him. Why? Because they said, Rashi brings down, If you had told us to uh, send them back home, we would have listened to you too. So now they're blaming basically Yehuda because he didn't say good enough. This whole story is uh, covered in the secrets of the Torah and has been expounded upon just to try to make sense of the very uh, simple events, how they took place. And especially taking into consideration that part of... Yosef's uh, guilt was that he was speaking bad about his brothers, but the verse states that he was basically antagonizing, and he got the sons of uh, Leah. Uh, he got them angry, but he was not as bnei as bnei Bilah, uh, as bnei Zilpa. He was actually friendly with the other tribes, with the four tribes. He was happy, but when it come to sell him, they were all in it together. Didn't nobody didn't help him much, but. After that whole episode and the brother selling him, Yehuda was demoted. And then Yehuda, the, the today's portion we read about the whole story as Yehuda's marries over there and he has three sons and two of them die. And then he's afraid that Tomar should marry the other one, Shayla, and, um, and he actually um, deceives her because um, He says that, wait till he'll come older. But Rashi says he didn't have a mind for her to... He he never was going to have uh, his son, Shailoh, marry Tamar. And then Shailoh goes and sets up that uh, scenario in which Yehuda uh, is intimate with her. And then, eventually, Melech HaMashiach is born out of this. But we read read something very powerful over here. Now... uh, Tamar, in essence, actually in the Gemara, there's a whole longer discussion than we bring in the Chumash. Uh, Yehuda didn't just have a relationship with her just like that. He asked her a lot of questions, and she she proved to him that she's okay, that she doesn't have any real. There's no prohibition against um, uh, that. She's not tied to uh, uh, to to anyone, and that she's clean. Everything else, that she was okay as far as him having a relationship with her, but. The, the very amazing, I guess, message you have over here at the end of the day, when she does become pregnant, and she was supposed to be a widower, she was supposed to be uh, not married, and then all of a sudden she's pregnant, and then they come and tell Yehuda. They said to her that your daughter-in-law is pregnant. So she did not want to confront them straight out and to say, well, you're the father of my children. She didn't do that. The way she said is, "Whoever owns these," and she took three of the items that she took as collateral. She took his coat, she took his signet, and she took his stick. These three things she took, and she says to she says she says to her father-in-law, "I want you to know who's the father of this child that is going to be born. I'm pregnant. Is from the one who owns these three things." Why didn't she say straight out? Rashi says from the Gemara he brings down. That she did not want to embarrass the Yehuda. Yehuda did everything wrong of her. She didn't do anything wrong really at the end of the day. And yet, she's putting herself on, a li- on, on the line here. Her life. Not to shame Yehuda. And she was begging him. She was saying, make sure to save mine and the two unborn children. Because they were twins there as we see. Zarah and Peretz. And uh, And she was begging him not to... You know, to admit, but she would not shame him. And the Gemara learns from there that it's better for a person to allow himself to even fall into a furnace of fire, because he was going to, she was going to be put to death by burning, rather than embarrassing another person. Very, very important principle. We see how far it goes and how much, even in a case where you were wronged and everything else and you really is not at fault, and you have a million excuses, but still she wouldn't do that. And, of course, I mean, one has to believe and think that the Abishter is in control of the world. And the Abishter would not allow, Hashem would not allow for such an injustice to happen. And she basically, not that she counted on that, she behaved in a very moral, on a very moral high ground. But, of course, the Eberster would not let something like that happen, that an innocent person should die. Uh, just because she doesn't want to shame the other person. And that's why it actually turned around, that she had the privilege to have the uh, great s'chus that the, all the tribes of the kings, the Madavid and Shloymah, eventually, the Melech HaMashiach, all come from her. The same thing is also true, I'm sorry? Why, why did she deserve to be killed? Okay, that's, that's another discussion, because if she, Rashi says, that's a whole other discussion over there, Rashi says that she was, the daughter of shame. And Rashi says, according to the accepted laws over there at that time, there were certain standards that if people had, uh, like out of marriage relationships, that take, took the death penalty. To a certain extent, she was still considered, uh, if she waited for Shea, for uh, Shayla, then she was uh, supposed, then she, that, that would make her um, uh, still uh, considered like she was almost like married, but it wasn't the case, but that almost seemed like the case. She was also the daughter of shame. Rashi she says, and that's a whole other discussion of the Mefarshim to explain exactly why, which is also perplexing, but and it's okay, in other words, it's not okay if it was somebody else, but as soon as it's Yehuda, then it's okay, you know, it's like, uh, uh, how is that allowed that to happen? But that's, that's another thing, I think, I believe that last year we discussed it, uh, the, the, that, that point. But I wanted to bring out another point here and I want to finish. Um, um, the same thing is true in various different cases. You know, sometimes uh, people make a mistake. One of the prayers that the Rabbonim would pay when they started, the Moses Rabchuni Banakoni, would pray when he would go into the shul, he would make two prayers. We learned in the Mishnah. And one of the prayers was that his friends shouldn't stumble, that he shouldn't stumble so that the friends will sort of rejoice in his, his mistake and he would be causing them to make a, that they should be sort of rejoicing on his mistake so when somebody makes a mistake, so I just wanted to clarify the Alter Rebbe and the Shulchan Aruch, which of course as Chabad we follow the Alter Rebbe's ruling rules a little bit different than the Halacha, I believe in the Mishnah Barura as far as re- repetition of the, sh- the Chazor uh The Alter Rebbe rules, the Rav Shulchan rules, that you have to have nine people to answer Omein before you can really start saying the Chazor Sashats. So you cannot start the repetition of the Amida unless you have nine people answering Omein. If one of the people is taking a little bit longer to daven, then if there's only nine people, then you have to wait for that person, because you're not going to have, if it's only exactly ten people in the shul, and even if one of them is davening, so that you don't have nine people saying Omain when you start off. It's different if you started and then somebody starts to daven and can't answer omein. That's a different story. So that's why it is correct to have to wait, according to the uh, Rav's uh, uh, ruling, that you have to wait till you have nine people to answer omein. And that's the reason why it took us a little bit longer today to get started, because we need nine people to should remain. One of the, it's not, the, one of the advice to overcome this is to have more than ten people come to the Dominion. So if somebody wants to dominate a little longer, they shouldn't have to, uh, everybody wait. Because it does say that, you know, you don't have to wait for people that are dominating, you know, longer. But people that have word for word, you should wait for them, it says. But for people that dominate exceptionally long, you know, you don't have to wait for them, but if they're number 10 and you can't start, then you have no choice, you have to wait for them. <laughs>